Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the very funny Brett Singer. Yay! Hello, welcome, Brett. Hi, how you guys doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Um, thank you for having me. Um, so uh, just to jump right in, uh, tell us about like where you're from. How did you get started in comedy? Really just... Tell us about you. <laughs> uh, I am. I am from. <clears throat> excuse me. I am from New York. Uh, grew, grew up, born and raised in the Bronx, and then moved to Manhattan after college. And I started. The first time I did stand up was I want to say eight years ago, maybe um, something something along those lines. Which was I'm not going to say it was a dare, but it was kind of a challenge. I used to be a freelance writer, and this guy who ran a, a first timers uh, show messaged me and said, do you, ever, do you ever wanted to do stand up? And I was like, yeah, kind of. And so I put together, I put together a set. He left me up there for like nine minutes. It's I'm still not entirely clear what I said for those nine minutes. And, you know, I had an act. It wasn't great, but it, but it was, I got through it. It was a very friendly crowd. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I, it, it was, it was like my friends and other people who were doing it for the first time. It was very, very nice. And I, I was a little intimidated by the whole open mic scene. So I didn't really dive right in right, right at that moment. I had other things going on. Um, and then a few years after that, about three years ago now, um, a friend of mine suggested we take a stand-up class. And that was with Andy Angles, Manhattan Comedy School. The teacher was Karen Burgreen. And I said, you know, why not? I, I was in a bit of a down point in my life. I didn't really have a lot going on. And I said, you know, this is something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, let me see if I can make, make a go of it this second time around. And so I got that. I, I went through my notebooks and I found that I had a lot of jokes. Like I've always kept notebooks just for the sake of keeping notebooks. And I found I had a lot of one-liners. So I put those together, got a five minute set and, you know, got up, did the class show. It seemed to go well. And then um, I didn't really start kicking in until I found um, Felicia Madison's F comedy mics. Um, those were at a good time of day for me. And I found they were very supportive and I really liked them and I liked the people there. And so that that's kind of what got me in the rhythm of going to mics on a regular basis and, do, and doing stand up on a regular basis. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's so Karen was actually our first guest on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, Karen's the best. <laughs> She's amazing, as is Felicia. They're both such like but they're so, such supportive people in the community. It's just really great all around. Um, was your first mic in New York City, did you say, or was it? My first open mic was, yeah. And so was that. So was the first um, show. It was all in New York City. Yeah, so cool. Um, so then once you kind of got into the rhythm of stand-up, what was your life like in stand-up before the pandemic happened? Like, what were you doing? Um, were you doing like a lot of shows or open mics or kind of what? Doing was as, many like? shows, as many shows I could get my hands on. I had a, I had a monthly show that I produced. Um, I, had, I had the beginnings of a bar show. I was helping out with another bar show. I was, you know, I was getting spots. I, I was not, I mean, until I'm performing every single night, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not happy because I'm not unhappy. But what I my goal is to have a spot every night, you know, that I, I would like to be going up, you know, with with great regularity, because I feel like that's the way to get good and preferably multiple spots. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's realistic right now, but that's what I want. And so but I was getting up and then it all it all went to hell <laughs> as it did for everybody else. 
And, and then it became all about Zoom. You know, I'll praise Zoom. We, we got on Zoom. I started doing a Zoom show on Monday nights. I, uh, I started doing a Zoom mic. And then I started hosting Zoom mics for Felicia. And then I started doing other Zoom mics. And, you know, there's, as, as you guys know, there's a lot of Zoom mics. So if you, want to, if you want to find one, there's probably one going on pretty much any night of the week. And I, I did a new one just last night that I'd never done before. So they're out there. And that was basically what I did all, pa- all pandemic. I, the Zoom comedy world is such its own little creature. I was going to say monster, but like, it's a friendly monster. Like, like a Sesame Street monster. Exactly. Right. It's, it's great. Did you, how long did it take you before you started jumping into the kind of Zoom comedy world from the shutdown? I think my first show was May that I produced, but I think the mics I started early. I think I think I started the mics in March. Um, I because I needed a mic. I just I couldn't go that long. The comedy is what I do, so I needed something. I needed a way to get on a microphone and start talking to people. And my and it, you know this the setup evolved. You know initially I was sort of you know tucked into the corner of a couch you know, with my camera at a horrible angle. And then finally I got my, my little home office set up and I actually got a microphone and, you know, it's, it, it's, it gradually evolved into something more and more fancy, but initially, yeah, I just, I needed a mic and there weren't any. So I said, I'm going to start one on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so that's what I did. Um, now it's getting a little harder to keep to that because there's, there's like live stuff that I want to do. And then um, when you were, so you're hosting these mics, you're doing these shows when, um, did you start kind of going back to real life, like immediately or, um, yeah. How's I, that waited, I waited until I was fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to go back out until I had my second shot and it was, and it was, you know, I forget what it is, either two or three weeks after the second shot. So once I had that, then I was like, you know, all right, now I can take the subway, you know, now I can, now, now I felt protected. So then I, then I went out and I did as much as I could possibly do. So um, at this point, you know, I went to an inside show at Broadway Comedy Club. There were a bunch of people there. It was, you know, it was indoors. It was in the basement, you know, and it was fine because yeah. because presumably we're all vaccinated and it's fine. Yeah, for so, sure. So, yeah, it just, but as soon as, soon as things open, I mean, I, I shouldn't say exactly when things opened up because I wasn't vaccinated yet. But as soon as I was vaccinated and things were opened up, I jumped back in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes so much sense. Um, yeah, because it's so like these clubs can be so packed together and like, yeah, who? Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely a good idea to, to stay safe and everything. Um, and so then you're you're currently in this process of switching from like kind of like Zoom world to the real life world. Do you think that any of the Zoom things are here to stay? Like you said, you're like kind of may or may not be keeping your Zoom uh, Mike, like, what do you, how, what do you think is going to be the future of zoom comedy? If there is one, um, I think there's definitely a future. I think there's enough, there's enough people who want to do it. You know, there's, there's a ton of, there's a ton of people who want to do it. And there's an audience. I have a Monday show and it's, it, it, I'm a little torn because there's, there might be something else I want to do, but I have an audience. Like I built up a group of people that come pretty much every week. And so it's nice to be able to provide something for them. They come, they give tips. It's, you know, it's like, it's a nice thing. So um, there's, I, I think as long as there's an audience and as long as there's comedians who want to do it, it'll stick around. I think it'll certainly be around uh, for private gigs, mm-hmm. you know, for like colleges and stuff. Like, I think, you know, your, your name comics have, have discovered that they, if they can do a college without going anywhere, 
you know, that's great. They, you know, they can get paid. The college is happy. People are now used to Zoom. So I think that I think it's I think it's absolutely here to stay in terms of things like mics. Just for me personally, it's not about it's not that I think there, that it's bad to have a mic. It's just that at that, that particular time, um, I am finding that there's stuff that I want. There's other things I want to do. So that's just, you know, for example, this Tuesday, I might be able to do it, but I probably won't because I've got a live thing. And so, you know, like if I can make the timing work, then I'll, then I'll keep it. But if not, I'm just not, I'm going to, I'm going to cancel because I got to, I got to do the live thing. You know, that has, that has to take precedent. It's so much more cost-effective also and traveling wise, like the number of people that can come see Zoom shows or the people that are intrigued by Zoom shows end up being different than the ones who are like, I'm going to go to a comedy club at midnight. But live is always more exciting. Sure. And is kind of the comedy thing. Um, Speaking of other things you did during the pandemic, not in the pandemic, are doing now. Uh, you have a podcast uh, that you started during the pandemic, I believe, or did it predate the pandemic? Uh, it started before, but it really kicked up during the pa- during the pandemic when I, frankly, when I had more time. Like, I, I, it took me a while to get into a rhythm. It's called Comics Who Love Comic Books, and it's just that. It's comedians talking about comic books, which was one version of the title at some point. <laughs> and... It's um, it's fun. It's just I, I happen to be a big comic book guy. So, you know, you find people who want to talk about comic books, superheroes, superhero movies, all that, all that fun stuff. And uh, we just get on and we talk about it for an hour. Is there a large um, group of co- like comedians who are really into comic books or is it kind of like a smaller pool? Like, how do you find the people to talk to? Um, it's been I've been able to so far I have been able to find people. Um, I have definitely been able to find people. I wouldn't say, I, I don't know if I would say it's a large group, but, but at the same time, every time I think I've run out, there's more people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. Like there is certainly a possibility that I will, that I will hit a wall mm-hmm. and that I, I simply, it's like, Oh, you know, I, I came up with a way to kind of make it, keep it going. I'm going to start having people on to talk about a thing they're particularly nerdy about. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we sort of do like a deep dive into the Legion of Superheroes or something. Yeah. And so that I think that'll be fun. And I also might start interviewing comic book artists because I really enjoy that. And I enjoy talking to people like that. So that might be fun. And so, you know, maybe get maybe get another comic on there. So it's still comics um, and get some, you know, get somebody else to kind of help me do the interview. But yeah, uh, but yeah there's people. There's definitely a lot of people. It, it's just it's just a matter of finding them. And what the way the best way to do that is you talk to one and they say, oh, have you had this guy? And I say, oh, OK, you know, no, I no, I have not had that person. You know, why don't you put me put me in touch? And also just listening to sets. I've, I've had a couple of like Jackie Cation, um, yeah. who's a terrific comic. I was I was at a show and she was the headliner. And she started, she did a bit about comic books. And so I just messaged her. I said, are you into comics? And she said, absolutely. I said, well, then you should be a guest on my podcast, (laughs) you know? And so that worked out, that worked out well. She was great. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you find that there's a lot of overlap between, not between the podcast and your standup, but but like, do you find that your love of like comic books and like that world finds its way into your standup a lot and the people who watch your st- or seem to particularly enjoy your stuff do you uh not yet i would like to have more comic book stuff in because because it is something that's that i'm so into and so therefore it would be fun to have more you know batman material <laughs> <laughs> um 
you know, like that would just, I, I would enjoy that. And I think I, I, I hope audiences would enjoy it. And also we've now hit a point where you can do an Iron Man joke and everybody knows who Iron Man is. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be, you do that. And it's like, well, I, I don't understand who is that? We're, you know, but now these are billion dollar movies. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it's, it's, I, I, I cause I, I bring that up sometimes. That's one of my stock questions is, you know, like, do you do superhero stuff in your standup and you know, how does it go? And what what several comics have said is it used to be harder, but now that these things are so big, you know, you can do you can you know, you can do a joke about Ant-Man. Yeah. It used to be nobody knew who Ant-Man was, you know, but now Ant-Man, Ant-Man's got a movie franchise. So it's so it's a hell of a lot easier. And, you know, you could always do something about Captain America, maybe Superman, you know, probably Batman, things, you know, Spider-Man. But now you can go deeper and it's okay. You know, you can get you can get away with a lot more stuff than you used to. So I would I would like to add more of that to my act. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you have a particular allegiance to like Marvel over DC or anything like that? Like, are you in that debate at all? I'm much more of a Marvel guy, but it's not like I don't like DC. I just Mm -hmm. the comics that I read that I really loved were more Marvel. You know, the the characters that I connected to, you know, were Spider-Man, Captain America, Fantastic Four, you know, those are the characters, those are just sort of the, the the Hulk. Those are, those are the characters in the books that I really, you know, read that registered strongly for me when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, Daredevil, uh, if I may keep making a list. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not like I don't like Batman, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who's like, you know, DC sucks. I think DC's movies have been pretty bad. Yeah. But, you know, but I think that's objectively true. I mean, even though Aquaman made a billion dollars, it wasn't a good movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm the only comedian who didn't think the Joker was a work of genius. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. But that's kind of even outside of uh, any of the universes, Joker. Yeah, the Joker was very much its own thing. They would like, I mean, DC fans will say, look, it was a billion dollar movie. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But, you know, it's not really part of the whole universe. So it's yeah. a little different, you know. It, like it's it's, and also, you could, that, that movie could have just been called whatever the hell his name was. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it would have been and it would have been the same movie. Like he, he, he didn't it didn't have to be the Joker. It, it, I, I am told that it was originally a script about some about a, just about a guy. And then they retrofitted it and made it about the Joker. I don't yeah. know if that's true, but, but that, to me, that makes the movie make a lot of sense. I agree. I I also was like, I'm like not super into comics, but I really, I'm really into movies. And so I really, I do watch a lot of the like comic book, like movie adaptations. And I hated Joker because it does not fit into the Batman canon, like at all. Hmm. Like nothing about this Joker character matches like anything we'd seen as the Joker character, aside from the fact that he's like a little crazy. And I like people were like, this movie is great. I was like, but it's not the Joker. Like you're <laughs> calling it Joker, but it is not. It's not the Joker. Um, and that really bothered me about the movie. Yeah, no, um, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I think the worst parts of the movie were when they tried to cram in stuff about Bruce Wayne and you yeah. know and Thomas Wayne. It just didn't make any it didn't make any sense. It was it, it was weird and it it felt like it felt very tacked on. 
Yeah. It just, it didn't, I, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't the character. Like it was not, he didn't have the same mannerisms. like nothing about the Joker was similar to any Joker we'd seen before. And so I'm like this, I'm just, I was really upset about it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, and everyone thought it was so great. And I was like, this is just, it's King of comedy, but Batman themed, like that's all you have here. Um, yeah. That was the, that was the thing. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's all right. I mean, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't make me, it didn't get me as excited as it got out. It got most people. Sounds like you're in the same camp. Oh yeah. I, and people were really into it. And uh, yeah, I, I was very upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan. Um, yeah. All right. We got a little bit of a tangent there. Um, but yeah. Always, always love to talk about what people are passionate about, but speaking of things people are passionate about, what has been your favorite show that you've done during the pandemic or what was your favorite thing you were doing as a comedian, like in the zoom days, or if you were doing anything like outdoors or anything like that, what was like the most riveting for you? Um, I am very proud of my Monday night show, Monday night live. I am very proud. I'm very proud that I was able to put it together. And I do that with, with Felicia Madison. She helps me book it and helps with other things. And I managed to scare, scrape together an audience and they've, they've been coming. I'm knocking on wood because hopefully they keep coming, but you know, it's uh, it's a nice thing. And it, and it's, it's, it's very, it's very pleasant. I feel, I feel like I've got people that are, you know, they, they kind of look to me and they expect a certain quality of show. Um, I try to deliver that. And I, I feel good about that. You know, I, there's a part of me that wish that wishes it was live because obviously live stuff, I know disrespect to Zoom, but I really, but I love performing live. But I'd like to think that I can do both. You know, I would love, I would love to be able to, um, you know, to continue to do both and to try to figure, you know, figure out how to balance that. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably the thing I'm most proud of in terms of, um, you know, because I mean, because look, I wrote a lot of jokes that that I that will that that didn't have a, a long shelf life. <laughs> so I'm not going to say you know, my hot takes on masks and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, you know, like they're, they were fine. They were perfectly good for do, for doing shows, but uh, you know, there's not jokes that I'm going to keep. Yeah. Do you think well, there's any chance you would bring the Monday show into a live version or it's like fully, you're going to keep it on Zoom? No, I would. I mean, I would do it. It just, it wouldn't be this, it wouldn't be the same thing. Cause I don't know. I mean, I guess I could live stream it. Yeah. Like I thought about that. Is there some way I could live stream it to these people? Because all the people who are coming are not from New York. I shouldn't say all, but most of the people who are coming are not from New York. And so I kind of like, you know, I like that I've got my friends from Pennsylvania, you know, and so some of them are from like Jersey. One of them came to see me live at Westside Comedy Club. That was really nice. Oh, that's great. One of them sent me cookies. Oh, you know, I mean, it's like it's a nice <laughs> it's nice that they're very nice people. You know, it's a good thing. There's no there's no downside. It's fun. The Monday Night Show is so great. I've seen it. So everyone, to all of our listeners, watch it. Um, <laughs> but it is such a weird thing to be like, okay, so the audience that was built was from Zoom and not from here. So if you bring it live, it's like, yay, it's live. But the people who are like, oh, I've been coming regularly can no longer come regularly. Exactly, exactly. Like, I mean, again, I, is there a way to live stream it? I'm sure there is, but I don't know how it's going to be a decent experience for anybody without setting up like a like real equipment that I, frankly, I'm not going to invest a lot of money in, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to do that. And I don't know that I really want to, I mean, I suppose I, I'm sure that I'm sure if you get a camera, you get a good microphone, but like, 
I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go buy an expensive camera an expensive microphone, you know, and I'm not going to do, I'm not going to have a laptop on the stage. Yeah. You know, that would be, that would be weird. Yeah. Like so, talking into a zoom. Yeah. Well, that would be strange. And, and I don't know how comedians would feel about that. I mean, I guess it's been happening. Yeah, I did a show yeah. that streamed to Instagram, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, if there, if there's a way to do it, I haven't figured it out yet, but I, but I also, I haven't been pushing that hard. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure people are doing it. I know people are stream are live streaming shows. So that means yeah. it is, it is, it is certainly a possibility. Um, but it hasn't come up at the moment. So I don't know. I'd have do to, do, I'd have to find a place that, that lets me do that. Yeah. Do you do like crowd work on your zoom show? Like, would it be any different for like an audience member to watch it live streamed versus on zoom? Because like on a live stream, you can't really participate or is it? Well, I, don't, I do do crowd. I do do crowd work on zoom. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit of a check-in cause I've got, I've got like the same people. So I had to, like, I have a joke about being married. And so the, what it starts with is, you know, oh, are there any married people here? That's sort of a way, my way into it. And then I talk to talk about that. And then I sort of, you know, dance my way over to the actual joke. Mm-hmm. Can't really do that anymore. Cause I know these, I know if these people are, <laughs> <laughs> I know who's married. I know who's not married. They've all heard, they've all heard the jokes before, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. So I, it's, it's a bit of a, cha- it's actually kind of a fun challenge. I try to sit down, I sit down with the news and I try to write uh, I, ideally I'd like to write a new five minutes. That doesn't always happen, mm-hmm. but my goal is to come up with, you know, come up with like at least four or five new jokes they've never heard before. And just something based on the, based on the news. Like there was a news about this draconian dress code out in Florida. So I'm trying to figure out something about that, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun challenge, but I mean, in terms of crowd work, I mean, yeah, it, it's not, on the one hand on zoom, it's easy because you can see everybody and you can talk to them. But on the other hand, it, you don't have, you don't command the, the attention the way you do on a zoo on a real stage, mm-hmm. you know, where, where you, you, you're the only one with a microphone, like on zoom, everybody's equal. <laughs> so it's a little bit different. And, you know, the, somebody can start to, somebody can start talking and they sort of start to get into it. You got to cut them off. You know, it's, it, it's a little, it's a little tricky, but I mean, I definitely do it. Totally. Yeah. No, that, and you were just saying before that you um, try to write a lot of like topical jokes. Do you find that you prefer doing more topical stuff rather than more evergreen stuff or like, what's your balance in that? Um, I, I happen to really enjoy doing topical jokes. I mean, if I, if there were a job in comedy that I think I would, I think I would enjoy, it would be a monologue writer. Like, cause I just, you know, I would, I would like to get really good at that um, because I think that would be fun. Um, I know it's hard cause you got to generate a lot of material, you know, like you got to write, you got to write like, you know, like, you know, I mean like 50, 60, 70 jokes a day sometimes. I mean, you've got to really crank stuff out, but I think, um, I mean, no, I'm fine doing both. I mean, I don't, I, I certainly have no problem. If you, you know, I'll do my regular five minutes happily, you know, or, but, but, I'm, but it's fun. I did a show, I did a show that was news themed. And so I was able to pepper in um, a bunch of, bunch of news related jokes. And that was, that was really fun. I enjoyed that. So I did like 10 minutes with, you know, maybe five of the five of my regular stuff and then or maybe six of my regular stuff and maybe four, three to four minutes of news stuff. And uh, that was, you know, it was fun. I, I, it's hard because some of the stuff, 
sometimes it has a, a, a too short a shelf life. Like, you know, I, I can't really do the Bill and Melinda Gates jokes, you know, after another week or two, maybe <laughs> if, if I could even still do them. Um, but I have a joke about a dog that inherited $5 million and I've been doing that. And that joke kind of stays like that's now part of my regular act. Cause I like it. And I think it's a cute joke. So, you know, like I, sometimes you can find something that you can stick with, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. totally. No, that makes, um, that makes a lot of sense. Cause like sometimes the things that's like, this is topical, but it'll be topical forever. Um, <laughs> And you started talking about uh, the new show, this news inspired show you were doing live. Have there been other live shows coming up for you that you've been doing? Like, what's the scene looking like now in from your perspective? Um, It honestly, it feels like everything's back. I mean, it doesn't feel like I mean, I I was on the outside looking in before I was vaccinated. And I think it's I honestly think it's been back, you know, for a while. I mean, I I was at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. And it was full, you know, so I don't, and, and that was on a Tuesday. So it's not, you know, it's not like it, it was fine. You know, like it was, there were, there were a bunch of people there and everybody was okay. And, you know, we, we wore masks sometimes and sometimes we didn't. And you know, that's kind of, that's what the CDC says. They say, if we're vaccinated, you know, I, I think, uh, I think comedy's back, baby. I think, you know, for a <laughs> point of phrase, I think everything, yeah. I mean, I think it's really um, I mean, I know that I know like I don't think Caroline's has opened yet, but I know they're about to. I'm trying to think if there's other clubs that haven't opened up yet, but I, I think all the clubs, I believe all the clubs are open. Um, if I'm wrong, then, you know, somebody tell me I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that all the clubs are open. Yeah, definitely. Or at least most of them. Um, I wonder, too, if like I've also been seeing a lot of like very crowded shows on like Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Like, I wonder if these shows are even more crowded because people haven't had anything to go see for, you know, a year. And now they're finally like a show. And then, yeah, now can go see, can go see some comedy shows. Right. Yeah. I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe they've always been this crowded and I didn't notice, but, <laughs> but it's definitely, it's been wild how much people are really going out to see comedy. Um, which is great for us, you know, that there's a market for what we're doing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so to kind of, uh, I don't know, take a, a little bit of a, a turn in what we're discussing. Um, is there anyone who's been like a really big influence for you in your comedy career? Um, I mean, my favorite comedian of all time is probably Steve Martin, but I wouldn't say I do what he does. Mm-hmm. You know, like I... Like, I mean, I just, I grew up, I, I had, um, we had, was it comedy is not pretty. I think it was comedy is not pretty on vinyl. And I had a red Panasonic tape recorder and I held it up to the speaker so I could record it so I could listen to it in my room. And I used to know that album by heart. I, you know, I was just, it was so good. And and then I had wild and crazy guy on cassette. And so I listened, I listened to that until it was worn out. Um, but I mean, I, the only thing I would say that's an influence is that I really do like I'm I'm a joke teller. Like, I'm not really a storyteller. He's not going to say I'm a storyteller. And that's just that's not really what I do. Like, I, I, I tell jokes like I try to I some people. I mean, it's, I've actually been told that some of my jokes are almost too tight. 
Like there's just, there's such word economy that there's like no, there's no room to expand. And you obviously you want to, when you start, when you start getting into a 10, 20 minute, half hour set, you need to be able to expand on things. Like you can't just, you can't just do, you know, one liners for 20 minutes. It's just, you know, unless you're Mitch Hedberg or Stephen Wright, it's just, it's, it's deadly. Like, I mean, there are people that can do it, but it's, it's not the norm. Like it, it, in general, you need to, you need to be more like a Bert Kreischer, um, you know, Wendy Liebman, I guess Wendy Liebman does kind of do a jokey kind of set. That's maybe not a great comparison, but you know, people who, who, go, who can go for longer, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm more, I'm just more old school. I like, you know, if I, if I'm not, if I don't hear a laugh pretty regularly, I, I get very nervous. So I need to, I need to know, and I need to make sure the audience knows when to laugh. So like yeah. I, in that sense, um, I used to watch a lot of Comedy Central. So there were a lot of comedians that I'm probably not remembering their names, but like Jeanine Garofalo was one of them. Like there were a lot of comics who were in constant rotation. Jeanine Garofalo, uh, Rita Rudner. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of who else would, who else would have been on there. There was this other comedian who I'm now friends with, Johnny Lampert. Uh, you know, some people that are well-known and some people that are not. And they would have, they sort of ran it like MTV. Like they would show two to three minute, you know, bites of standup, almost like songs. And it was, just, and it was great. I would watch it constantly. And that yeah. was long before I ever thought of actually becoming a comedian myself. So a lot of, so there's a lot of comics that, inf that influenced me who, that uh, frankly, I don't even remember their names. Do you think that they influenced you in the sense then too, that like, like, because you were such a big fan of these people, like that may have like been what pushed you towards going into comedy or like totally separate. I don't know. Oh, I think I always wanted to do it and I just didn't have the nerve. Okay. And, I, and, I'll, and also I needed, and I needed some community. I, I, I was very well served and all praise to Felicia Madison and uh, F comedy club, because that was where I started to feel comfortable enough that like, okay, here's a place I can go. There were three mics a week. So I would, so, you know, I could go three mics, three times a week. They were at noon, you know, or three, which was perfect for me because I was really supposed to be home. I was supposed to be home cooking dinner. <laughs> so I couldn't really do a six o'clock, seven o'clock mic. That was really hard for me. But, you know, because and because that was that was really my job. I mean, as, as such as it is, I got to feed my kid. So I had to be home. Um, so I so, you know, the fact that there was a mic at 12 o'clock, you know, was like within striking distance of my house was perfect. Um, and then I started hosting for Felicia and that led to hosting a show, not for Felicia, but hosting a show of my own. And, you know, it was great. It was just, it was really good. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It's just so interesting to hear like how people like who influenced your journey in and stuff like that. And on that note, is there any advice that you would give up and coming comedians or just great advice that you've received yourself? You can answer both or one. Um, this is advice that I, I received, but there's a great book by Franklin Ajay. And I don't remember the name, but if you Google Franklin Ajay book, you will get it. Um, A-J-A-Y-E. He's, he's an old time comic. Uh, been, around for, been around for a long time. Not super well known, but very, very funny. He's been in a few, been in a few movies. He's, he's done some stuff. If you, if you're a fan of the jazz, Neil Diamond jazz singer, he's Bubba. Um, I am a fan of Neil Diamond jazz singer. So it's fun for me, but um, he says, you got to study stand up the way you would study anything else. And I think that's really good advice is, you know, sit down, take notes, 
you know, look at, think about what works, think about what doesn't work and, you know, study the greats. It's like, okay, this person is really good at standup. Why are we not doing it? If there's a surgeon, if you're a surgeon, you watch other surgeons, you know, because you want to get, you want to see what they're doing. How does he, how does he do, you know, whatever the hell it is surgeons do, whatever the cuts are, all of that stuff. I have no idea. I failed science. (laughs) If that, you know, you're going to watch that and you're going to study it. You're going to study those techniques. So do the same thing for stand-up. Does this person pause a lot? Does this person, you know, how many laughs a minute does this person have? That's a hard metric. I think when you're starting, that's something that in some ways, I don't want to say, don't worry about it because you do have to worry about it, but I think it's possible to worry about it too much because it's, because it's, that's a hard thing to get to is, is laughs per minute. Um, I would call it more jokes per minute. Mm-hmm. Like I would say always to me, I, I believe that you should always be telling jokes. You know, you can't just get up there with premises and kind of meander your way around. You got to have you got to have punchlines um, that if you're not if you're not delivering punchlines and they don't have to be not everything is set up punch. Like, I totally understand that some people are more storytelling oriented and I think that's fine. But I do think that you should have you should have punchlines. You know, that's that that would be my advice. And I've, I've said that to people, you know, gently as I just, you know, like you need some more. This is like you know, your stage presence is fine, whatever. But, you know you probably, you probably could have more jokes. Cause if you're not, if, if you're not getting laughs, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, cause ultimately we all want to get laughs. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. Well, to close this out, we're, we're coming to our, our time. Uh, is there anything you'd like to promote like social media, upcoming shows, anything you want our, our listeners to check out? Uh, comics will have comic books on all podcast platforms. Monday Night Live, you can find it on Eventbrite. You search search Monday Night Live, you will find the ticket link. It is free. It is Mondays at eight o'clock Eastern. Um, and in terms of that comedy advice, I mean, ultimately, what do I know? So <laughs> just keep that in mind. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what else I've got to plug. I think that's basically it. Brettsinger.com. Go to Brettsinger.com. You can find all my social media handles. I'm at the Brett Singer on all social media. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you for listening to Laughing Your Mask Off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review. To keep up with our hosts, follow Catherine at Catherine.Cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week.